Williams goes in motion. Back to throw is Fields. And Fields across the middle is caught. Touchdown, Louisiana. Neil Johnson. And the Cajuns have opened a two-score lead with 11 minutes to go. And the third touchdown pass of the night for Chandler Fields. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Monday morning's football season. The head coach from Louisiana. Winners of 15 in a row. That remains the longest win streak in Division One football in the NCAA. Um, we were saying it during the game. Taylor two halves. He said it after the game. Taylor two halves. We're here to talk about it with him. Coach Mike Desimo on the line with us. Good morning, Coach. How are you? I'm doing great, Scott. Good morning. How are you? Coach, I'm great. I'm great, man. It's it's football. Um, you know, a, a lot of good guys won over the weekend. I'm doing well. The um, w- When you have a game that feels so polarizingly different, um, not just because of the unique lightning delay and all that, but the first half and the second half, how do you approach film? Like, do you do you show them, do you show the team more of the second half and here's what you did right, more of the first? Like, it's... I can't remember games, Coach, that felt so different from one half to another. Um, no, I mean, I mean, you you, you show both, you know, and, and you have to spend. I think, I think it's important to show them the things, you know, in the first half, whenever it wasn't going well, kind of the issues, and it's the, the issues there, you know, for us in particular were just, you know, I, I think that the guys were probably trying a little bit too hard to. Uh, probably trying a little bit too hard to do the things that we emphasized all week. You know, we talked about the size up. Hey coach, I think we lost you there. Thanks for calling right back. All right. So we had you, you were talking about the issues up front and the guys maybe trying to do too much. That's where you cut out there. Yeah. You know, we emphasize, you know, getting movement on the double teams and, you know, I think we're a little bit out of control coming off the ball in the first half and trying to get to the second level fit on the uh, combination blocks, you know, at running back, um, we, you know, talked about pressing the blocks and bringing the backers to the blocks and all those things. And, you know, we had some runs where, you know, they weren't very good. We pressed them, <laughs> we pressed them too hard, and, you know, we we're trying to trying to make them decisive. And, you know, we kind of run into the into the backs of the blockers. So, I mean, there's a fine line, you know, between doing it the way you want to and, and trying too hard. And, you know, at quarterback in the first half, I thought, you know, I thought really, you know, we played pretty good. You know, he had three. Uh, you know, we had three drops in the first half, and the ball was going where it was supposed to go. But, um, you know, he probably we probably could have thrown a couple more of the RPOs. You know, it was kind of 50-50. Could have thrown them, would have helped a little bit, alleviate some of that pressure on the O-line, the running backs. But, um, you know, it was kind of like, you know, one of those deals. Is, it's like, you know, when everything, anything that can go wrong will. You know, we had two balls that got dropped because the sun, <laughs> the, what, the sun was in their eyes. And it's like we got sun on that field for about 10 minutes during the day and so it was uh it was kind of one of those deals was like man this is a this is unbelievable it's like everything is uh is, is kind of going wrong that possibly can right here so um you got to show them that and then you got to show them the second half whenever you just relax and get back to the things that work for you you know you have some success so that that was just you know i think you gotta you gotta show them both ends of it so the you know you kind of reference a few of the issues in the first half and you know guys it sounds like coach maybe when you say trying to do too much or within the game plan is that another way of saying maybe they just weren't letting the game come to them come to them naturally or maybe just not 
not being not playing loose enough. Is that another way to put it? Maybe. Maybe you know, like, I don't think it was an uptight thing. I think it was just you know, man, I, we we got. I mean, I, we got great kids, you know, and like they, you know, they trust us and they listen to us and they believe in us and. You know, we, we, we hammered home, you know, that, man, if we can get movement on these double teams, you know, we're, we're going to win the game. And, you know, I mean, so they were you know, they were coming off the rock, you know, it wasn't all the technique that you want. You know, I mean, we were sometimes, you know, head down, you know, we were we were a little bit overzealous, I guess, in our uh, in our attempts to move the down linemen. And then you're out of control where you can't get to the linebackers, um, you know, on that running back. You know, we keep talking to them about being decisive and getting downhill and pressing that block. But once you make your decision, just go. And I think I don't know they were uptight. I didn't I didn't sense any nerves in this last game sure. like I did the first one. Um, I just think that they're just you know our, our guys. They just want to do it the way you want them to do it. And I think you know sometimes, unfortunately, maybe maybe you overemphasize some things and maybe overcoach it. So for us, you know, I think uh, maybe lesson learned. Just uh, let let the guys go out there and go play a little bit, and we'll we'll. We'll adjust it from there. A twenty-eight point win for Louisiana. I mean, when the when the momentum shifted in the second half, seven offensive possessions, I believe, seven touchdowns. Uh, your last mm-hmm. seven possessions and um, forced five turnovers defensively. I mean, it, it didn't just shift. It 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 pretty much just did a one eighty and uh, and started running in the other direction. Um, the offense was in a rut in the first half, and it felt like you guys were on a raceway in the second half. Uh, when everything is flowing like that, you know, on a personal level, obviously you're the head coach, but but how fun is it, how fun is it as a play caller when the offense is in a rhythm like that where everything just seems to be working well? Yeah, it's a lot more fun than it was the first half. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, I kind of I made a joke. I said, "Man, I said it looked like that call sheet in the first half it was written in Chinese. I mean, it was like nothing on there was any good. <laughs> um, the second half, it was like it was just jumping out at you." So. Um, it's all about rhythm, you know, and I mean, for, for our team, I mean, you could feel it as soon as we scored that first touchdown, it was like, Oh, this is it now. And, um, you know, it was, it, it's fun. I, I think last night was the first time really in a long time. I remember our team kind of sensing that, that moment, you know, whenever we had a chance to say, okay, it's foot on the gas. Now we got a chance to go and go finish this game and go put it away the way we wanted to. And, for the first time in a long time, really, I felt like the team sensed it, felt it, and went out and and, and executed and did it. So that was a that was a fun moment, I think, for all of us, um, for sure. Coach Michael Desimo, our guest, ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. On the conditioning side of it, Coach, coming into the matchup, you know, a lot was made about size versus speed and and, and humidity versus the Midwest. Um, what, what, how big of a factor in your mind? Uh, if at all, was the conditioning in the second half for your team versus the opponent on Saturday? Well, I mean, I think it was definitely a factor. Um, you know, I mean, especially you consider, you know, that that game in the first half didn't go at all the way we wanted it to. I mean, obviously, you know, we offensively we, we didn't play well, but we felt like we needed to get off. You know, when I talked about the key to the game, I thought we we're going to be able to stop the run on defense, being able to run the ball effectively on offense. And then for us being able to start fast where we kind of made them one to make, well, it was the complete opposite, right? You know, our defense, as well as as good as they really played, the first drive was not very good, right? They drive all the way down the field and score, and, and they did a good job on that drive. But they started fast. We started slow. 
they played 50-something plays in the first half on offense. I think we had 26 or 24 in the first half on offense. It was like the exact opposite of the way you wanted it to go. Um, but still, in the end, I do think the conditioning played played a factor in it. You know, I just, you know, we were hoping we could have used it to our advantage sooner and better than what we did. But, um, you know, I mean, at the end of the game, you know, that's our, our strength and conditioning staff. They do a phenomenal job. You know, we our nutritionist, she's, you know, before the game, she is on point with, you know, meals and making sure they're hydrating, doing those things. So, I mean, it, it, it takes a whole bunch of people to make it work. And, uh, you know, and of course, like I say all the time, I mean, our guys put in the work. It doesn't matter what plan you draw up on the board or, you know, if you got the best plan in the world, if they go out there and go work their tails off, it'll work. So um, I, I think that always plays a factor, and I think it's been a huge thing for us the last, I mean, not just this year, but being able to finish games in the second half, it's, it's a huge thing for us. Coach Mike Desmar, guest. Defensively, Coach, you finished with four sacks, seven and a half tackles for loss. Um, uh, Marcus, Marcus Weiser, I mean, from the inside, a pair of sacks for him. Uh, he seemed to be very active. I mean, I know there's there's a lot more to it when you see a guy get the sack. You're you're looking at it. I know there was other pressure on certainly that first sack he had, but this is a young man, right? When you when you get the sacks and you're on the stat sheet, people, you know, especially fans, they take more notice. And you know, mm-hmm. as as a guy that's I think he's about what two ninety maybe out of Corpus Christi, I mean, he's got a lot of speed to him, Coach. Um, you know what 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 has he shown you? Um, since he's been, you know, with the Cajuns, and uh, what what does he bring to the table, man? I guess just fill us in a little bit more on this young man who's coming off of a, uh, you know, five tackles, two sacks, very strong performance on Saturday. Well, you know, I mean, Marcus. So it's, it's actually it's kind of cool. Uh, you know, Marcus was the first player that committed to our new staff in December. Whenever we, uh, you know, went through the change. Um, and kind of had that, I'm sorry, in January, whenever we had the new staff and everything, um, uh, in January. So, um, that, that kind of makes it a little bit, you know, makes it, makes it kind of cool for us for sure. Um, but you know, Marcus is a guy that we watched him, you know, and, and we watched all of his stuff, you know, whenever he was, you know, coming out of Kilgore and said, man, this guy's like, you know, he's really twitchy. He plays with good leverage. Um, he's got power at the point of attack. Um, you know, he might be a little bit shorter than what you, than what, you know, than what you, you think, you know, an ideal D lineman is, but I mean, at six, one, it's not like he's a small, you know, six, one and a half, six, two, whatever, you know, we got him at, it's not like he's a small guy, you know I mean? He's got plenty of size and, uh, you know, the thing that you never really know is how guys are going to respond. But since the day Marcus got here, um, you know, and, and really, you know, since the day he got here, all he's done is really just, is just work and, win his teammates over every day. You know, he doesn't say a whole lot, you know, kind of quiet by nature, but he shows up every day and he works and he works and he does what he's supposed to do. And um, the guy has just been, has been a phenomenal addition for us, you know, for a D line group that I feel really strongly about. I've told you guys kind of about that the whole off season for him to me to come in here and win a job um, going through the spring into now, you know, it just, it's, it speaks to the way that he's worked and the way he's approached it. And, um, you know, I, I'm happy for him because he's he's a he's a great kid, man. And like I said, you know, from the day he got here, all he did was show up and work and practice, and you know, and uh, you know, so see him go out there and have some success. You know, I thought he was a really good player because we had to block him every day, 
but you know now you get to see him play against other people, it makes you feel a little bit better. So okay, well yeah, he he is pretty good. It wasn't wasn't just us; he was giving trouble. Coach Desimo joining us on a glorious Monday. Coach, you said after the game about your two quarterbacks. Going briefly back to the offense for a second, you said, and I quote, I've said it from the beginning. I felt like we had two great quarterbacks in camp, and I think people are starting to believe what we've been saying, end quote. When it comes to the, the, the QB conversation, right, I, from a fan standpoint, I get it. You, you're not on the inside. You see it. You're like, well, he said he didn't want to do two quarterbacks. He wanted a starter. Well, you have a starter. Then after the battles won, you guys referenced 2018. Remember, Nunez and Levi will probably do something like that. And, um, you know, two games into it, how do you feel about the system that you guys have in place with Chandler Fields and Woldrich? And do you, do you feel like now you've got it, okay, we, we've got it down to exactly what we want it to be in terms of, of snaps? Or is it still maybe a work in progress as you just kind of go through the season week to week? I mean, I feel really good about it. Um, you know, it was the first game Ben got three series, which is typically about the plan. You know, last week he got more just because the game was under control, um, you know, and, and let him kind of keep going with it. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I feel good about the plan and where we're at. And, and like I said from the beginning, um, I wanted I wanted Ben to get an opportunity to play. And as long as he played well, we would continue to do that and give him two or three series. I think, uh, you know, I just I believe adamantly that um, for our team in the long run, this this can be the best thing. You know, I mean, it's a long season, and you know, I had a conversation with Chandler about it. You know, and I was like, look, you know, you never want anything to happen. I said, but for our team, I said, there's no doubt that this is the best thing for us. I said, and you know, and for Ben, I said he deserves it, and and of course, you know, Chandler, of course, I mean, he, you know, he's he's one of the best teammates that there are. I mean, whenever Ben's in there, he's the one warming him up. He's the one that's you know talking to him on the sidelines. I mean, it was, you know, he, he completely gets it. He's good with all that. But uh, just the conversation we had, you know, and it's like for our team, I mean, why, why shouldn't the guy play a little bit? You know, um, I, I say that all the time. I mean, we play at every other position. You know, I say it all the time. If we've got guys that deserve to play, play them. You know, they maybe don't play as much as the starters. They deserve to play, let them go. And, you know, Chandler is a starter. That certainly hasn't changed. Um you know, I have no, I have no doubts or anything like that uh, at all. You know, I mean, I'm proud of Ben. I'm happy for the way he's played. He's done a great job, and I think he's earned the right to continue to play in that role that he's in. And um, you know, I think for our team, it's nothing but a good thing, man. They got two guys right there pulling the trigger that they can be confident in. What a, I mean, what a great feeling for for our team and and for you know for our players. Coach Mike Desimo, our guest, this is the great sketch of ESPN Lafayette. Every game, you can learn stuff, you teach things, and sometimes unexpected happens. I say every game, unexpected things happen, right? And it's how you deal with it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in the studio for the first few games. I'm training some guys on the production side, the radio production side of these games. And uh, they got to learn about what happens in a weather delay from the radio standpoint. From a football standpoint, Coach, when you have a, a lightning delay, um, you know, it's 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 a different feel, right? It's, it's not pouring rain. You're not out there in a monsoon. You're just kind of hanging in the locker room. To that point, you know, you guys, by your standard, had not played well. And then, of course, in the second half, you played great. But what's it like in there? And um, you know, how do you how do you approach a situation like that when you just you kind of don't have the answers and it's just a waiting game? Well, the first thing is that um, 
you know, having Coach Vietor, uh here has been just, I mean, for me, has been unbelievable. You know, the guy's just been through so many things and, and, and seen so much stuff, you know, and that's the first thing he came to me. He said, hey, you just need to prepare yourself. He said, a lot of times I've been in these lightning delays, like right before half. He said, uh, a lot of times they'll just, you know, not really have a halftime after the lightning delay. So, you know, he kind of, he called it before it all happened. And so it kind of allowed me to, to wrap my mind around using that as, as halftime. You know, I, I didn't know how that was going to work. Um, so that was, that was great, you know, to have him, you know, kind of putting that, planting that seed early on. But, uh, you know, I mean, for us, it, it's just, you get in there and we're all kind of looking around and, and, you know, we start talking. I'm like, you know, it's not, you know, the issues that we have right here, you know, we go through the issues that we had defensively, you know, it was all very fixable. Like it was clear and cut and concise and offensively it was like, you know, I mean, look, we're not on the same page right now. You know, the play design, we're like, is play design good or bad? It's like, well, no, no. You know, we had one really, really bad play call. Um, I thought they were in a different personnel, you know, which is, you know, I don't want to get into all the details of it, but they were supposed to be. I was told, you know, I thought they were in a different personnel. They weren't. All that stuff. But other than that, it's like, no, the play design's been fine. You know, we're just this, that, or the other. So um, the thing that was so much fun as a coach, though, is you look at in the locker room. So we come out of there, we get in the locker room. All the players are sitting in their spots where they're supposed to be waiting for us to start talking about what we're going to do in the second half. There was no complaining. There was no, it was just a, a calm and just a focus like, you know, okay, you know, what we're going to do, how we're going to fix it. And uh, it was awesome, you know, because all we started talking about was the, the, the fundamentals. And we talked about the combinations, how we're going to do it, talk to the quarterback about the reads and progressions and making sure that we're starting in the right spot and, told them what we're going to come to in the second half, some plays that we were going to run for sure that we knew we really liked. And, you know, they just sat there and they listened and we talked and we split up in position groups and, you know, talked about, hey, I don't know if it gets a whole lot worse than what that was, and it's only 7 nothing. So we're very fortunate to be in that position. And, uh, you know, it's just the belief that this team has in each other is just, it's, it's, it's unheard. I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, just, they just kind of, business as usual like all right what we need to do to go out here and go win and uh and that that's that makes you really really happy as a coach to see your team just kind of have that much poise last thing for you coach and we appreciate you taking the time as always the sunbelt conference i mean it was i thought even before your game i felt like it was the biggest day in the history of the conference when you go on the road and you get two wins against top 10 teams at the time uh, and then Georgia Southern goes out and they beat Nebraska. And I know the Huskers aren't what they used to be, but that's still a win on the road against the P5, a notable program. Um, and, you know, you guys victorious against the MAC. And I, I remember, you know, when you guys played in Ypsilanti 17 years ago and when Eastern Michigan came back to Cajun Field and where the Sun Belt was then when compared to the MAC and where it is now, Coach, uh, it's, it's, it's the best G5, in my opinion. Um, and for a day like that, I know you, you're, look, it's game day for you. You're focused on one thing and one thing only, but whenever you come to it and the game's over and you're, you're finally back home late at night or maybe the next day, at what point were you able to kind of just think about the day that the Sunbelt had? And, and do you ever think about just, just where it is, you know, from, from when you play to where it is now and how realignment has really impacted the Sunbelt in so many good ways? Yeah, I mean, you know, 
I, I do think about it quite a bit, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> I played in the Sun Belt at a time whenever people were trying to get out of it. Um, you know, you had teams that were basically they were taking the, the first ticket out of there and they were going, you know, wherever they could to get out. And uh, and now to be where, it's, you know, people desire to be in there and it's a destination spot. And I think um, – I think the conference, you know, you, you can't talk about it without, you know, really without complimenting our administration and Keith Gill and those guys for what they've done. I mean, they came in with a plan and said, look, you know, we're not going to go after these major TV markets and all this stuff. We're going to go after schools that have tradition. We're going to go after schools that are FCS, that have prominence on the FCS level, that have a tradition of winning, that have a fan base that care about winning. Um and we're going to bring those guys in. And, um, I mean, wow, has it worked or, or, or what? You know, um, the day that we had on Saturday, you know, you go out there and, I mean, look, I'm going to be honest with you, we, you know, we follow we follow the conference without a doubt. I mean, I, you know, shoot, I was just surprised that Georgia State didn't pull it off, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, you know, it just we follow it, and, and I have so much respect for the coaches in this conference and the players. I mean, you got you got great players. you got coaches that, that can coach ball, you know, from, you know, east to west, north to whatever you want to do, a whole conference of guys that can coach, that can play, um, you know, and then you go out there and you couple that with, uh, you know, with a lot of motivation for our players. Um, you know, I mean, they all the way across the conference, you know, there, there's just, there's a lot of motivation for us to go out there and go and go play well, you know, um, and, you know, just to see how far it's come, it, it's, it's a fun thing. Um, but I certainly don't think that this is the end of it. Um, I, I think that, you know, our conference is only going to continue to get better. You know, I think the teams that we've added this year um, bring a lot to the tape. Obviously, you know, Marshall was one of the teams that won yesterday, but, you know, those other schools too, you know I mean, with Southern Miss and, and James Madison and Old Dominion. I mean, Old Dominion knocked off Virginia Tech in week one. You know I mean? It's like you add some teams in there that, that bring a lot of value to the conference and, uh, you know, certainly, uh, certainly makes winning a conference championship a lot harder. But I mean, I think that's in the end, that's what you want. You know, um, the strength of the conference really is what kind of makes it. You know, it's kind of what what makes it in the long run. So for us, it's been nothing but a good thing, um, and it's been been fun to be a part of it. No doubt. I mean, Carl Benson. You know, in the initial realignment uh, scrum back in I guess 2010, 2011, he kind of went left when everyone went right and. Keith Gill took over and um, really with the, the recent changes in conference realignment really took advantage of it and adding good football schools, man, it, it pays in a big way. And, um, and, and that was clearly evident on Saturday. It's clearly evident as a whole. When you look at the conference, when you look at Louisiana riding the longest win streak in the country, it's um, <laughs> as you said, coach, you played at a time when people were looking to get out. Now you got teams in the group of five that are saying, we want to get in. We don't want to be in Coosa. Uh, and, you know, it's just, but like you said, you never want to be stagnant. You never want to be satisfied. You just keep keep trying to get better and better. But uh, it's in it's in a great place right now, and obviously that's good for the University of Louisiana. Coach Mike Desimo has been our guest as he is every Monday during football season. Louisiana victorious, forty nine to twenty one against Eastern Michigan. You can hear Coach Des again tonight as part of Louisiana Athletics Live over at Pete's Family Sports Grill with Jay Walker. Go join them from 6 to 7. If you can't make it out there, you can hear it right here on ESPN Lafayette. Louisiana taking on Rice this Saturday, first road game, 6.30. Um, 
Coach, I, I, I appreciate you taking the time. If you would, while you leave, I know it's early in the week, but uh, give us your, your initial thoughts on the Rice Owls, and then we'll let you run. Um, yeah, I mean, so they're, they're going to be the, you know, they're, they're the best team that we're going to have played so far for sure. Um, you know, you, you kind of watch them and, you know, they're, they do more on offense and defense. They're more multiple than the other teams that we've played. Um, you know, they look to be really disciplined on tape. They've got a, they've got a plan, you know, for what they're going to do. You know, they do a lot of stuff, a lot of variables. Um, and really they they got a good looking team. You know, obviously I've watched more of their defense and their offense, but, you know, defensively, they got good length. They run well in the back end. Um, you know, up front, they've got some all-conference players returning up front. Um, and, and, you know, you can tell these guys are well-coached. And, you know, you can see the progress from two years ago to last year, whereas their second year, to when you turn the tape on this year, you know, uh, there's a lot of improvement there. And you can see this team, is, is they're trending in the right direction for them. Um, you know, obviously the loss to USC, that, that was, you know, that's one thing. Um, you know, that, that's a tough deal to go out there and go play those guys. But, uh, you know, the, the win over McNeese is pretty impressive, um, you know, for a program that I respect, you know, obviously McNeese's tradition and, um, you know, I mean, we, we've seen them play firsthand. So, you know, for them to win a game like that against a team that I think has a lot of tradition, kids that know how to win, that was, uh, that's something that, you know, means they're doing something right. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to do a great job this week. You know, our preparations got to be really good. We're going to have to have a, a, a great plan, um, and, and really, you know, have have this thing ironed out and detailed for our players so they know exactly what to do. And you know, sometimes whenever the other team provides a lot of variables, sometimes you have to, you know, kind of limit the variables you do on your end so that there's not too much and it's not like a system overload type of thing. Coach, appreciate the time. All the best. We'll talk to you next Monday and looking forward to hearing you tonight and seeing you guys out on the field in Houston this Saturday. Yes, sir. Thank you, Scott. You got it. That is Coach Mike Desimo, Louisiana's Raging Cajuns. Big day for the Sun Belts, right? Georgia Southern winning at Nebraska. Obviously, App State punking Texas A&M. Marshall going into Notre Dame, getting a nice big fat check and beating the Irish. By the way, Louisiana played all those teams last year. They beat App State in the conference championship game, 24-16. to They beat them in the regular season, 41-13. to They beat Georgia Southern, 28-20. to They beat Marshall in the NOLA Bowl, 36-21. So even though the Cajuns aren't getting the national headlines in the Sun Belt the same way the teams that obviously naturally got over the weekend for their huge wins, they're still the king of the belt right now until someone knocks them off that throne. They're on the top. 